At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show. With Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. here is Brady Cannon. Welcome into Short Shots, our final episode before the tour takes a six-week break and reemerges in 2023 on the island of Maui for the Tournament of Champions in Kapalua. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, previewing the RSM Classic on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia, the Sea Island Club and community that is home to so many tour players these days. Wes, the old Short Shots podcast right here on VSIN has been pretty profitable the last couple of weeks, and let's let's hope it has something to do with me having personally played some of these golf courses. I... Of course, you remember I played uh, El Camaleon in Riviera Maya. Two weeks ago, we got Russell Henley home at that track. I have not played Memorial Park in Houston, but uh, we did land correctly on Tony Finau last week. And I'm not sure if you've ever played golf in Sun City, South Africa, West, but you nailed it across the pond last week with Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, we got there, a sweep for the crew. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, by the way, first win in three years. He was actually the defending champion from 2019 of the Ned Bank Golf Challenge. They did not have that event at Gary Player Golf Club for the last two years due to COVID-19 restrictions. But Tommy Fleetwood, look, it was the chalk, 10 to 1, but, you know, we never, we don't complain about winners. I don't care what price they are. So, uh, you know, credit to you, Brady, being on Tony Fee. Now, the margin only says four shots that he won by, but he was up by eight shots at one point in that final round. So I'm like, man, I don't want to send out that tweet congratulating my buddy here because you never know. We've seen low <laughs> leads in this tournament. But uh, before we get on with this, Brady, I do want to kind of ask you a question because I'm just curious. This is your busy time of the year, personally, as a sports better, and mine, too, really. But you really dig deep into the NFL. And NFL and golf, I think, are your two primary sports. You bet other sports. But these are the ones that you handicap, I think, at least the most. So are you finding, because it seems like you get really hot 
at the end of the year. And, and, and I know that you might not be putting in the time that you would put in into the spring and to the summer. So you, is it just randomness or is there something to that where it's like late in the year, you nail these things? You know, I, I don't know what it is, Wes, um, you know, and thank you for the compliments. Um, you, you know how it is picking futures in golf. I, I think a lot of it is randomness. You know, I mean, you, you can have weeks. I, I remember last summer we talked about this with Russell Henley, you know, uh, caving in on the back nine. I, I, had, I think I had a guy at the Travelers. It was like at the, the Rocket Mortgage. It was you and I were both at the Rocket Mortgage with Troy Merritt and, you know, all those guys that were in that playoff. And I think it was Cam Davis that ended up beating us. So, I mean, you can have a run where you're you're really hot you know, picking guys that finish in the top 10, top five. Um, but it's so hard to get one to the winner's circle. And I mean, you last season had an incredible season, including the European tour. I think you hit at least 11 outrights. And, you know, I had two, I, I had one at Kapalua and one at the end of the year with McElroy at the tour championship. And, you know, I think it was the year before that I had eight. So, you know, you're right. I don't spend as much time diving into the golf handicap as I do outside of football season when we're in the, you know, the spring and the summer and, and all of my focus is on golf. Um, but Hey, you know, and I also, I said this at the beginning of the short shots, uh, abbreviated tour, if you will, I don't risk as much money this time of year either because I'm not, you know, spending as much time handicapping uh, and a lot of my bankrolls going towards college football and NFL football. So, you know, I, I think it's also something Wes, and I'm sure you know this year after year, season after season, you refine your practices and, and you just try and get better. And right. for the last couple of weeks, it's worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you've done, you've done a great job uh, hitting these back to back because, and the reason why I ask that is because sometimes I find myself and I'm guilty as charged of this. Sometimes I'll overthink some of this stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, you might have less time. So it's just like, I see something and I just react. I don't overanalyze it. This guy's the right fit for this reason or that reason. And, you know, sometimes I find myself guilt, guilty of, you know, paralysis by analysis, if you will. And, uh, you know, very well, well done by you because I know that you're knee deep in the NFL and, and that, you know, is your primary sport and you're working nonstop on that. So to be able to do that late in the season, I think is a true testament. I think you make a great point there. And again, thank you again for the kind words, but you know, I, I think in any sport that we're handicapping, do a little pro tip here, right, Wes? Um, <laughs> I think uh, in any sport, oftentimes it is that gut instinct, that first reaction, that first impression uh, that you really want to hold on to. And oftentimes it's so hard. And, and you mentioned it, you know, paralysis by analysis, especially with golf and football, because you've got the whole week to sit there and talk yourself out of what your first impression was. And, and you hear all the noise and, and, you know, a lot of times that first reaction is the best one. I, I remember, uh, I think it was last week. Um, I, I just felt in my gut that Aaron Wise and Gary, uh, West, uh, Gary Woodland were really good picks. And sure enough, they both played very well. And, and I ended up on Finau for the winner, but you know, all four of my selections, two of them kind of be in that first impression style, if you will, uh, all four of my plays did really well last week. So you're right. Maybe, maybe less is more. And, and we should use that going forward when we get knee deep into the regular season. 
Yeah, no question about it. It's just, and and this time of year with everything going on, like with me, with not only in the NFL and college football, but college basketball, NBA, yeah. everything else starting. If I want to dabble into the World Cup soccer, which starts on Sunday. So this is the busiest time for the year. It's fun, but it's busy and it can be a little bit stressful. So, you know, it's good to, I think, keep that in perspective really throughout the season is to not, you know, maybe, you know, extend yourself or spread yourself too thin. All right, let's get back into it here. And I mentioned, of course, that I'd played uh, El Camaleon. So uh, maybe we'll have an advantage this week because I've played the uh, seaside course at Sea Island as well. Uh, Relatively easy course. I did break 80 when I played there a few summers ago. Uh, Wide fairways. The course is, of course, short in overall length. Big greens. The wind is really the only defense here. Uh, although I did see an alligator on the course, and that uh, was a little threatening. Um, the forecast not calling for much wind, really anything above 15 miles per hour this week. So it looks like scoring conditions should be very good. How did you attack the uh, course and this handicap this week, Wes? Yeah, and of course the wind really is the uh, primary defense, especially on the seaside course, because the plantation course, which will be played on either one of the first two days, either Thursday or Friday, is a little bit more of a tree-lined parklands. Uh, They are both about the same length, but the plantation course actually plays as a par 72, and the seaside course plays at a par 70, and that's why you see... 282 is what par is going to be through four rounds be because of that. So I know that's a little bit uneven and a number that, you know, we're not used to, but yeah, what, what I, what I looked at here is, is basically, you know, some of the coastal courses from the seaside, because I put a little more emphasis on the seaside, of course, because there's three or four rounds being played here. So Wiley, Port Royal, El Chameleon, Monterey Peninsula, maybe even a little bit of Pebble Beach. If you want to look at just by, by length, TPC River Highlands, Silverado, those kind of make a, a little bit of sense. Uh, from a stat standpoint, I did use strokes gain approach uh, for the last seven years. The winners of this event have ranked top five in approach during the winning week. So I did use that greens and regulation gain, which there's a lot of overlap with approach there. Proximity from 125 to 175. So I broke it down 125 to 150 and also 150 to 175. Good drives gain. Now, you don't have to necessarily have the driver here. We mentioned these are courses just a little bit over 7,000 yards. So you can club down, use your three wood, use your hybrid, use long irons off the tee. Strokes gain par four, 400 to 450. Eight of the par fours at the seaside course measure 400 to 450. So I use that. I use birdie or better, even though the wind can blow hard here, even though it might not as much this week. The winning score has not been higher than 17 under par. So you've been in the 19s, 20-some under par the last seven years. Birdie's pretty plentiful. And then I look, this could oftentimes go down to a putting contest. I think last year I read 38% of the strokes gained at the RSM Classic were with the putter. So strokes gain putting, especially the guys on Bermuda, I think are ones you want to look at. And just, you know, evaluating the top of the board because we did have a change this morning because the aforementioned Tony Finau was going to be the favorite in this tournament at 9-1, to but he withdrew 
early Tuesday morning when we record this. So short price ends up being Brian Harmon, 18 to one. He of course, part of the cavalcade of players that live here in sea Island. And I'll just mention a few JT Poston, Harris, English, Harmon, Patton, Kazire, Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Keith Mitchell, Andrew Novak, Grayson Sig and Michael Thompson. You know, I don't think it's limited to that list, but those are the guys that I knew played here at Sea Island, even though it hasn't necessarily been, you know, okay, you got to live here and you have so much of an advantage. But we've seen some George Bulldogs win here in the past, though. Robert Streb, Kevin Kisner, Chris Kirk. So maybe another angle you might want to look at this week. Yeah, I'm with you pretty much uh, across the board there. I looked at uh, strokes gained approach, greens and regulation, fairways gained. And and again, it, it really is nice to have a picture of this course in my head, having played it. And I can get a feel for, for what is going to be important. It, it's not hard to hit fairways there, um, but you're right. It's not you know, I, I think accuracy trumps distance here because it's not a long course. So finding the right position in the fairways is going to be something that an accurate driver of the golf ball is going to be better at than some of these bombers. We don't see bombers really flourish here. It is more of the accuracy guys. Uh, strokes gained par four from 400 to 450. Strokes gained putting on Bermuda. And then I looked at some proximity as well from relatively short distances you referenced. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of approach shots here using short irons and wedges. Um, pretty similar on the correlated courses. I, I looked at YLA in Honolulu, the home of the Sony Open, and also Harbor Town, uh, where they play the RBC Heritage and Hilton Head. But I also looked at the Copperhead course at Innisbrook, home of the Valspar. And that's right in that same line. It's not coastal, uh, but a narrower golf course where ball striking and accuracy uh, is really going to prevail. And typically shorter hitters are the guys that flourish on those type of courses. Uh, Hilton Head, by the way, another course uh, that I've had experience on. And then when we resurface uh, in 2023 uh, with the... uh, the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. I played the plantation course too. So over the next few weeks here, maybe that'll help my handicap a little bit, Wes. Um, Before we get to our plays for the RSM Classic, let's go across the pond, a heck of a great event uh, for the uh, DP World Tour. The DP World Tour Championship in Dubai as you try and go back-to-back, Mr. Reynolds. Yeah, 11-month season. We are finally concluded on the DP World Tour and what has been a pretty tumultuous golf year for obvious reasons that we've discussed on this program. Uh, you're right, ending uh, the race to Dubai finishes right here at du- Dubai, Dubai at the uh, Jemariah Golf Estates. So uh, if you look at the top of the market, Rory McIlroy, no surprise, he is the leader on the points list right now. Three to one. And one thing I do want to say about the points list, this is not like the tour championship on the PGA Tour where you have that starting strokes deal. This is all just whoever has the most points at the end. So, look, Rory McIlroy leading the points. If he wins here at three to one, then he wins the thing. And he has won here twice, by the way, 2012 and 2015. John Rahm, he's another two-time winner here, 2017 and 2019, five to one. Matt Fitzpatrick, who is third in the point standings. Ryan Fox, who's 25 to one here, is sandwiched in between Rory and Fitz. Fitzpatrick, third in the point standings, another two-time winner here, 2016 and 2020. You have the top 50 on the DP World Tour rankings here, with the exception of the defending champion, Colin Marikawa, 
Will Zalatoris out with an injury. Thomas Peters, I believe, he and his wife just gave birth to a child, so he is not here. So only 50 players here. It's a no-cut event, so keep that in mind. Uh, Earth course at Jeremiah Golf Estates, uh, about a little less than 7,700 yards, par 72. Greg, Greg Norman designed this in 2009, so a couple par fives that are over 600 yards, so you know, but you know, ball strikers have flourished here, obviously, in terms of these are some of the elite. When you look at the list, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, John Rahm, Danny Willett, Rory, Henrik Stenson, you know, going back the last decade here. So pretty good ball strikers if you're looking at it. So I didn't go too far down the board except for one in terms of a short price saver. John Rahm at five to one. I don't usually like to play that, but there's only 50 guys in this field. So I played three times this fall. T2 at Wentworth for the BMW PGA, won the Open de España in a runaway, and then was fourth at the CJ Cup behind McElroy. And look, they're friendly and they're friends, but I, Rahm would love to best McElroy because they kind of rival each other for who the best player is on uh, in your out of Europe. So you know, Rahm would love to run one up Rory here at the end of the season, and and I think vice versa too. Tommy Fleetwood, I went back to him sixteen to one. Finally got in the winner's circle after three years. Uh, actually opened a Tommy Fleetwood Golf Academy this week right on this property at Jeremiah Golf Estates in Dubai. So maybe he could go back to back. His game has really been solid over the last several months. Terrell Hatton, 19-1, strong record here. Four top tens in his career here. Best of second in 2016. No stranger to winning in the Middle East as his last victory was actually in the Abu Dhabi Championship last year. And then Minwoo Lee, 30-1, to 1, Australian, third at the Spanish Open, third at the Andalusia Masters at Valderrama, T8 last week at the Ned Bank. He could be one of those guys because it's so tough to go down the board here when you've got Rahm and McElroy and Fitzpatrick who have each won twice here. But Minwoo Lee made sense at 30-1. to 1. And then one bomb, Antoine Rosner, the Frenchman, 90-1, to 1, 10th on the tour for strokes gained approach, third in GIR. Two wins in the Middle East, by the way, including at the fire course, I believe, I believe this was two years ago, which was also designed by Greg Norman, which is right next door on this Gemariah Golf Estates property because the course they're playing this week is the Earth Course. So Rom Fleetwood, Hatton, Minwoo Lee, and Antoine Rosner. All right. Very good. Uh, well, let's move over to the uh, RSM Classic back stateside, and good luck to you. Hopefully you can go back-to-back on the DP World Tour Championship there, Mr. Reynolds. Uh, I started out with Kevin Kistner. You mentioned the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, he has played just one time during this fall stretch, has Kistner. He took 72nd at the CJ Cup in his home state of South Carolina. And he did not play very well last summer either. But I do like the fact that he has four competitive rounds under his belt heading into this course where he's won before, has four additional top five finishes. Uh, You know, Wes, he's a brilliant putter on Bermuda grass. He's accurate off the tee. He hits a lot of greens in regulation. So even though the game sputtered a little bit last year, late in the season. He does have that four competitive rounds under his belt in a comfortable place at home in South Carolina. Now he goes to another comfortable course here that really suits the strengths of his game. Also tremendous success uh, in the past on both the uh, YLA course for the Sony Open and also at Harbortown. So I, I thought Kisner made some sense. I played him at 50 to one. 
And then uh, another Georgia guy and also a Sea Island resident, Matt Kuchar, at 50 to 1. Of course, he went to uh, Georgia Tech. Um, but Cooch too, very familiar with this, pl- uh, this course he's played it, uh, over a dozen or excuse me, over, uh, 10 times, uh, into the double digits, how many times he's been here. And Wes, we, you and I both, we don't always like to play uh, a home game for golfers, but Kuchar has so much experience here. I-, I think he's long past that, uh, you know, that stage that can sometimes be a distraction for guys. Uh, he's played three times this fall already too. He's got two top 30 finishes and also a top 15. So the game looks to be in pretty good form for Kuchar. Uh, we know he's one of the best putters in this field, very similar to, to Kevin Kistner, accurate off the tee, hits greens in regulation. He's really got a career's worth of success at, uh, at the correlated courses, the Valspar, the Sony, and the RBC Heritage, including wins uh, at both the Sony and at Hilton Head. Uh, keeping with the kind of the veteran elder statesman local flavor from Georgia, I went with Chris Kirk at 68 to one. Uh, of course he went to Georgia as well. He won this event in the past. He's finished second twice at the Sony. He's got a seventh place to his credit at Harbor town. He was really steady across all the stats that I looked this week, pretty much in the top 30 or 40 in this field over the course of the last 24 rounds. Wasn't necessarily excellent in one area, but pretty darn good across the board. And he's played five times this fall, having only missed one cut. So the game seems to be in pretty good shape there for Chris Kirk. He ranked 36th in driving accuracy, 53rd in strokes gained approach, and 28th in scrambling on the PGA Tour at the end of this last summer. And then finally, I broke away from the local flavor here, the the older guys on tour that are from the Georgia area, and I went with a 28-year-old Canadian, Adam Svensson. Uh, he's another guy that has really shown that he has the game to flourish on these types of courses. 39th at the Valspar. He's got a 7th place at the Sony and a 26th at Harbortown. Now, he missed the cut at this event last year, but I'm not going to go away from him because I don't think that means that this course doesn't necessarily uh, fit his game. He's played six times uh, in this fall swing here, and he's only missed the cut once. And last season, I mentioned the stats with Chris Kirk. Uh, Adam Svensson last season finished ranked 40th on tour in driving accuracy, 61st in greens and regulation, 41st in strokes gained approach, and 26th in birdie average. So that's my four-pack for this week. Nothing really that short. And and I found it odd, Wes. We kind of touched on it, you know, having that gut instinct in your first impression and maybe dumbing down the handicap this time of year. The last two weeks, I felt really good about my plays. This week felt a lot trickier to me. Yeah, and I can certainly see why, because obviously, you know, last event of the year, different motivations, uh, you know, got guys that commit to it and, you know, some guys that are playing that home game and sometimes that could work to an advantage and disadvantage. So, yeah, and and, and especially got a little bit harder, too, and got more wide open with Tony Finau, who I think modeled when I was, you know, mentioning my stats that I did was at the top of several of those. So he was a clear favorite here. Now I was not going to bet him at nine to one. I I, I just was, was not going to do that with this being kind of wide open. And look, we've seen kind of like intermediate to, you know, not really a lot of short prices one here. I guess Kisner, when he was 22, 2015, he was 22 to one, but 
You look like. Well, how about Bob Streb? Yeah, I mean, that was out of nowhere. Three fifty to one. Tyler Duncan two hundred to one in twenty nineteen. Mac Hughes two fifty to one in twenty sixteen. Tommy Two Clubs Ganey in twenty twelve is two hundred to one. But then you've had middle guys like Taylor Gooch at forty to one here last year. Charles Howe the third was fifty to one in twenty eighteen. Chris Kirk fifty to one in twenty thirteen. So yeah, you definitely see that. And I'll go ahead and get one out of the way that you and I actually matched up on, and that's Chris Kirk who I got at 66 to one former sea Island resident here who did win here in 2013. He's finished fourth here twice since multiple runner ups at Wiley, which I thought had a pretty strong correlation to the seaside course, not only being coastal, but also being, you know, right around that 7,000 yard mark. So I did use uh, Kirk. So that one will get out of the way. I'm back aboard Taylor Montgomery again, 25 to one. <laughs> Broke his streak of he finally nine. fell off the pace a little bit last he week. He did, yeah, fifty seventh. Uh, he had nine straight events of a top fifteen or better, dating back to his last few events on the Corn Ferry Tour. And you know what? Maybe he's wearing down. He's played a ton of golf this fall, trying to get those FedEx Cup points because it's not the one twenty five next year. Now it's the seventy. So you've really got to play well. You can't get like one real good finish. And then, you know, make the 125 and make the playoffs. So I think he'll have enough, though, for the last event of the year. Number one in this field for birdie or better gained. Also, number one strokes gained par four, 400 to 450. So Taylor Montgomery, 25 to one. Tom Hoagie, 28 to one, who you and I both hit on at Pebble Beach in the uh, 60 ish to like 65 to one range earlier this year. Before he missed the cut at Mayakoba, he had finished no worse than 13th, including three top 10s in his last five starts. Leads the field for strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. Also was fourth here last year. Matthew Neesmith, 40 to 1. He has made all three cuts here at the RSM. Has three top 10 finishes already this fall. Remember, he was kind of right in the mix. Actually ended up tied for second out here at Summerlin in the Shriners. Uh, Near the top in most of the model categories that I did this week, GAR gained, approach, proximity, good drives gained. And then uh, another veteran uh, that I went with uh, at 45 to 1, Justin Rose, who has ah. had a back injury for about the last year to year and a half or so. Last week in Houston, he was T9, and he spoke to you know some reporters, said, you know, he's ready to move on to 2023 because 2022 has been a frustrating year with the injuries and everything going on. 2023, which is next year, is going to be probably Rose's last chance to be on the European Ryder Cup team uh, where he's had a lot of success over the years. Uh, Luke Donald, fellow Englishman, is the captain. Uh, so he wants a good showing here. Uh, to show, you know, start a run that maybe he could be the veteran on that team. And the guy's also pretty darn good on Bermuda putting. Sixth, actually, over the last 36 rounds on strokes gained Bermuda. So he popped on a couple stat categories for me with that. And then was second in proximity gain from 150 to 175. So I think Justin Rose maybe could be a little bit of a surprise that's slightly under the radar. And then well, he uh, played well last week, too. Yeah, a- absolutely. He did. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's something to that, that he's looking to finish strong, clearly, at the end of the year. I already mentioned Kirk. So let's finish it off with a couple other Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Brendan Todd, 60 to one. Not a Sea Island resident, but does live in the state. Played his college golf, of course, at UGA. 
Strong start this fall. Two top tens at the Fortinet and at the CJ Cup. Fourth here in 2019. And if this is a putting contest, which oftentimes this can be on these Bermuda greens as shown by Mac Hughes's win. And then I believe we, I believe he's runner up last year, the year before. And Mac Hughes, one of the better putters in the world. So is Brendan Todd. So I think in a putting contest, he could do very well. And then my final one, 100 to 1, Davis Thompson, who actually is a Sea Island resident. Uh, former world number one amateur. Uh, Got his PGA Tour card earlier this summer. Uh, got a win on the Corn Ferry Tour and then a couple other high finishes. He's made all four cuts this fall. T9 at the Fortinet, T12 at the Shriners right out here in uh, Summerlin. Only T43 last week in Houston, but he was second in the field for strokes gained off the tee. And probably about 20% of your strokes are gained off the tee here. So, you know, whether it's bombing or whether it's accuracy. So, uh, Davis Thompson, I thought, made a sense at 100-1. to all right, very good. Well, you know, we just have the one pick in common in Chris Kirk, and that's kind of been a theme over the last few weeks, and you and I have both experienced a great deal of success uh, recently. So we give the listeners another, you know, 10 or 11 or so different selections. Hopefully we can land on another uh, once again this week in Sea Island, Georgia. That is going to do it for this week's edition of Short Shots. Enjoy the RSM Classic, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We will take a break here for about six weeks and be back on Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023 for a preview of the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua, Maui. Ah, cannot wait for those gorgeous ocean views of the plantation course. Thanks, Wes. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one, my friends. So long, everybody.